You're listening to Your Credit Today with your host, Angela Setters-Vassar, sponsored by Conquer Credit Management. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the show. This is Angela Setters-Bassard, your shameless host, and today we're going to be talking about bankruptcy and what you should be aware of, what you really need to know. Did you know that over 800,000 people just this year filed bankruptcy in the U.S.? And I want to talk about some of the reasons why people file bankruptcy. You know, a lot of people think, oh, you know, someone filed bankruptcy, they're just a deadbeat. Well, no. You know, we live in this great United States of America where we have options. One of the things that I've talked about before is, you know, I've talked to clients all the time that come from different countries and they're like, wow, you know, Americans don't really know how lucky we have it. So bankruptcy is just one of those things that we have as a tool living in the U.S. when we have a certain economic problem. So some of these problems that we can have personally can be medical debt. Someone in your uh, household, someone that you're caring for, one of your loved ones may get sick. And as we know, healthcare is a huge problem in the U.S. in terms of the cost of healthcare. Just big pharma, you know, being able to take care of someone that you love could cost you hundreds of thousands millions of dollars. It just really depends on what's going on with your loved ones. And, you know, here's the thing. You will go at great lengths to save someone's life when they're your loved one, when they're your husband, your wife, your child, whatever it may be. So medical could be at the top of the list as to why people file bankruptcy. And again, it's because of our medical, uh, our Medicare system. It's just, it's all wonky, but we're not going to go there because we're not medical professionals here, but we're talking about some reasons. So that's, that's the number one reason. The other reason can be um, from a sustaining widow. So the key income earner has passed away. Maybe they were not aware of the type of debt that they were carrying because they were not the person that was in charge of paying the bills or understanding the assets and, you know, just understanding their whole financial compass, so to speak. And so when that particular key income earner passes away, the one that's left over could be left holding the bag that they didn't know that their partner was carrying. I can't tell you how many times that I've talked to not only clients, but friends where their partner has passed away and they were the ones that took care of all of the finances. And, you know, I had a friend of mine that had her husband pass away not too long ago. And she literally said to me, I don't know how he kept it together. I don't understand. This was so much stress. There's so much going on when you're taking care of a company and finances. She says, wow, you know, this is crazy. And obviously because she didn't have any experience in handling those things, she had to file bankruptcy because when he passed away, there was complications with the business. The other big thing that I see all of the time is divorce. Unfortunately, um, no one can agree on what they need to do, how they need to separate the assets. They spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on divorce attorneys um, and, you know, uh, whatever types of things that come into that particular playbook. And then, you know, one of the the spouses can end up in bankruptcy and or both. It just depends on what the best cause of action would be for that particular person. 
And then you have the loss of a pension or job for some people that have worked in the same company for years and years and years and years. You hear this happening in other states where there's these big plants. People have been working there for 40 years. Unfortunately, the company is going under and they can't afford to pay out their pensions. They can't afford to pay out their 401ks. There's a lot of loss that comes in that. And when you've been working for a company for 40 years and you know that you're going to be able to retire and then one day you're slapped with the reality that you can't, that's a big, big issue. And that accounts for bankruptcy in the U.S. Loss of a business. Uh, businesses change all the time. Technology is growing and growing and growing and taking over the actual human aspect of business. And a lot of businesses are going through changes, the ebb and flow of business, not having a plan, not protecting your assets as a business. There's a lot of things that come into play as far as that. And hence why some businesses and or the chief executives that run those businesses have to file bankruptcy. Uh, a lack of retirement planning. I see a lot of the elderly generation that have to file bankruptcy as well. Why is that? Because they didn't plan properly in their younger years. And when they got into their winter years, they couldn't continue to afford their lifestyle and or just some things came up where they just couldn't afford it. And bankruptcy is the only option. And then the last thing that I always like to talk about, and hence why you come to this show, is to become literate. You need to become literate when you're talking about your finances, when you're talking about understanding what I always say, that your credit is an investment tool to build wealth. And I think a lot of people in the U.S. are filing bankruptcy simply because they have no financial literacy or budgeting instilled in their consumer knowledge, you know, and unfortunately they go through the process of life, but they have no plan. And we know when we don't have a plan, we plan to fail. And that is the reason, another reason, big reason for bankruptcies. So those are some of the big reasons that I see. I'm sure that there are others, but those are the main topics. Now, what I wanted to talk about so that you have a full understanding. Now, let's Make sure that you understand that I am not a bankruptcy attorney, so I cannot explain the laws to you. I can't explain the filing process. I can't explain what happens when the trustee is going to see your case. I can't tell you what the mediator is going to say and what the creditors are going to say if and when they show up to court. All I'm telling you is how to understand what bankruptcies are from a credit perspective or financial perspective and just a knowledge-based perspective. So we'll start with the first one, which I see a lot, which is the Chapter 7 bankruptcy. Now, this Chapter 7 bankruptcy is a consumer bankruptcy, and it is a full liquidation bankruptcy. Now, I have spoken to several different bankruptcy attorneys, and all of them have their different ways or uh, different methods in how they file these Chapter 7 and bankruptcies. But the thing that I've heard a lot of is that it can be tough to file a Chapter 7 if someone has a lot of assets, because that's the first thing that the court's going to look at is when you're coming to the court and saying, hey, I have $150,000 worth of credit card debt and or just debt period, and I can't afford to pay it. But 
you have over $500,000 worth of assets, the court's going to say, well, you're going to need to sell those assets and pay off your creditors. So there is a magical kind of way or there are some exemptions or there's some laws that can protect you. One of the things that I always tell all of my customers to do is everyone should have a homestead on their house. Okay, and that is to protect you in the event that someone tries to sue you or in the event of bankruptcy, things of that nature. I'm sure that a lot of the attorneys out there will tell you that. Now, full liquidation means that what you're going to do is you're going to take all of the credit cards, all of the debt that you have, and you're going to lay it out on the table and you're going to say, you know what, I can't use this. I can't use these credit cards any longer. I am turning them over to the court. I am turning off my spending habits when it comes to these particular accounts. And I am liquidating them, meaning that I no longer owe them any longer. And again, like I said in the beginning, we live in this great United States of America that allows us to do that. It's kind of like if you have a visual picture, someone's walking in with this handful of stuff that they owe and putting it in a trash can and lighting it on fire and saying, bye-bye. And we actually have the ability to do that. Now, the backlash of that, you know, because it's not that simple is that there is a system that is backed up by that. When you do file bankruptcy, it makes it difficult for you to continue to live your credit and financial life going forward. You kind of have to go from a cash type basis and or you just have to have a plan to reestablish your credit history. Hence, once you file the bankruptcy, and we're going to talk a little bit about that after I talk about the next one, which is the Chapter 13 bankruptcy, which is also a consumer bankruptcy. And this is a reorganization. So we talked about the client that comes in and they have these assets. And unfortunately, the court says, listen, you know, you have too many assets, although you owe this money and you can't afford from a cash flow perspective to make these payments on a monthly basis and still live life. You could go and sell that boat or you could go and sell that home and pay off your creditors. So we say, unfortunately, we're not going to allow you to liquidate the debt that you have, but instead we're going to help you reorganize the debt that you have, make your payments lower on a monthly basis. In some cases, forgive some of the debt that you have. But overall, a chapter 13 is a reorganization of the debt load that you have, giving you an opportunity to kind of do the reset button on your life of finances and so to speak. So that's the chapter 13 bankruptcy. Now let me go back to the chapter seven because a lot of people ask me, well, how long does a chapter seven bankruptcy stay on my credit report? It's really important to know and understand that the laws changed quite some time ago. I still have people call me on a daily basis that think that the chapter seven only stays on your credit report for seven years. Uh, forgive me, not your credit report, but on public records because let's just make that known right now that the chapter seven bankruptcy, although tax liens and judgments do not show on your credit report, bankruptcies do. Okay. So it's really important to know and understand that that bankruptcy is going to report on your credit history for 10 years. Now it's the public record side of your bankruptcy that's going to show for 10 years. All of the creditors that were included in that Chapter 7 or liquidated in that Chapter 7 bankruptcy will only stay on your credit report for seven years because the statute of limitations for creditors and the information and how they can report that is only seven. 
But from a public record standpoint of view, for a Chapter 7 bankruptcy, it would be 10 years that it would show on your public records part of your credit history. Now, Chapter 13 bankruptcy, however, only shows on your credit history for up to seven years. Okay, so it's important to know and understand, although you are reorganizing your debt and some of your creditors may show late payments or collections and things of that nature, the totality of that bankruptcy and how it's going to report on your credit history is only going to be for seven years. Now, the third one is a business bankruptcy, and it can also be a bankruptcy that can show up on a consumer credit report. If you are a sole proprietorship, you are the owner of a company and you have commingled or you have mixed your debt that you have as a individual with your business. But typically what you'll see with a Chapter 11 bankruptcy is that is for businesses. And again, we're talking about a reorganization. So what happens in Chapter 11 bankruptcies is that the trustee will look at the uh, the uh, the profit and loss statement of the business, the cash flow of the business, have an understanding of what happened and why the business is no longer able to keep up with the payments that need to be made. And there will be mediation with all of their creditors and they will come to a decision on how they can stretch out their payments, what kind of fees and, um, you know, the principal amounts can be forgiven. A lot of creditors will come in because, you know, a lot of these banks are very forgiving. They will come in and say, hey, you know what, we're willing to take off 50% of what you owe and we want you to pay the other 50% over the next two years. So the Chapter 11 bankruptcy, once again, is usually for businesses And businesses will come to the table, have an understanding of what it is that they owe from a business standpoint of view, and hopefully they have not commingled any of their consumer or personal debt into the business. Because if they have, then it will show once again on their personal credit because that particular individual will be filing for personal and business reasons. Now, what should you do post-bankruptcy? So you've gone through all the process. You've gone through the heartache. I talk to a lot of people on a daily basis. A lot of bankruptcy attorneys, as a matter of fact, send me their clients for emotional support. Uh, They call me and they're saying, listen, is this really what I need to do? And here's the thing that I tell people is, look, it's not the end of the world. It happened. The great news is, is that there is something out there that can help to protect you and to protect your children. And listen, you know, you're going through the storm right now, but the great news is this too shall come to pass and you're going to learn from this and do better. So the thing that you have to do is you, we live in the U.S., so you cannot get away from having credit. You've got to have credit no matter what. If you're going to rent something, if you're going to get a loan, there's all kinds of reasons as to why you need credit. So it's really important that even if you're filing bankruptcy, that you don't just sit on your hands and you don't get credit any longer and you just let the bankruptcy take its toll. No, you have to reestablish. So one of the things that you can do is you can get two secured credit cards. You can ask someone to add you as an authorized user onto one of their credit cards, but it's time to build. And listen, if you need to know about that, go 
back to one of our past shows and listen about how you can build your credit. It's really important to do that. As soon as you are completed with bankruptcy, you must start doing that right away. Because if you do that and you follow the sound of my voice and you do what I'm telling you to do in the next, let's say, 14 to 18 months, you'll be back on the horse. Your FICO score will be in a bankable position again. And although because you have the bankruptcy and that eyesore, so to speak, you can still get credit. You might have to pay a little bit more than someone who doesn't have a bankruptcy, but nonetheless, you will still have credit. You'll still be able to use it and it can still be an asset to you. So it's important. What am I saying? It's important to have a plan. You know, you have to have a plan even when you're going through bankruptcy. One of the things that I ask people all of the time when they're calling me for advice and saying, is this the right thing for me to do? I ask them, hey, have you sat down and thought about what you're going to do over the next five to 10 years. Is it the right thing for you to file bankruptcy right now? Or in the next three years, are you going to make enough money where you can handle paying off this debt? So it's really important that you sit down and you put a pen to paper and you have a plan. What's involved in that plan is having a budget, budget properly. You know, a lot of very wealthy people that I know, they walk around like they're broke. I mean, and I'm telling you, they can afford all kind, they can walk into a car dealership and buy a Rolls Royce cash, but these people do not throw around their money and because they budget and they understand the value of money. So I would really say to you that if you have a plan, you budget properly, then you can get through this storm. You can learn from the storm. You can be better for it. You can teach and train someone else in your life because listen, we always go through these life lessons because we have to teach someone else. So there's gonna be someone that's gonna come in your life that's gonna need this kind of training, this kind of information, and exactly wanna know your testimony about what you've gone through and how you got through it. So that is my show for today. I hope that you've learned a lot about bankruptcies. Obviously, this is just touching the surface. I would like to have a bankruptcy attorney on our show. So look for that in the coming shows. If you have any questions, please feel free to go to our website at conquercredit.com. And once again, it's been a pleasure talking to you here on this podcast because you all know that I just love to talk. This is Angela Setters-Bissard, and I'm out for today.